0: The Minister for Fine Arts, to whose department had been lately added the new subsection of Electoral Engineering, paid a business visit to the Grand Vizier. According to Eastern Etiquette, they discoursed for a while on indifferent subjects. The minister only checked himself in time from making a passing reference to the marathon race, remembering that the vizier had a Persian grandmother and might consider any allusion to marathon as somewhat tactless. Presently, the minister touched the subject of his interview. Under the new constitution, are women to have votes? he asked suddenly. To have votes? Women? exclaimed the vizier in some astonishment. My dear Pasha, the new departure has a flavor of the absurd as it is. Don't let's try to make it altogether ridiculous. I know it sounds absurd, said the minister, but they're seriously considering the idea in the West. Then they must have a larger equipment of seriousness than I gave them credit for. After a lifetime of specialized effort in maintaining my gravity, I can scarcely restrain an inclination to smile at the suggestion. Why, our women folk in most cases don't know how to read or write. How could they perform the operation of voting? They could be shown the names of the candidates and where to make their cross. I beg your pardon, interrupted the vizier. Their crescent, I mean, corrected the minister. It would be to the liking of the young Turkish party, he added. Oh well, said the vizier, if we are to do the thing at all, we may as well go the whole... Uh, he pulled up, just as he was uttering the name of an unclean animal, and continued, the complete camel. I will issue instructions that women folk are to have votes. The poll was drawing to a close in the Lakumistan division. The candidate of the young Turkish party was known to be three or four hundred votes ahead, and he was already drafting his address, returning thanks to the electors. His victory had been almost a foregone conclusion, for he had set in motion all the approved electioneering machinery of the West. He had even employed motor cars. Few of his supporters had gone to the poll in these vehicles, but thanks to the intelligent driving of his chauffeurs, many of his opponents had gone to their graves or to the local hospitals or otherwise abstained from voting. And then something unlooked for happened. The rival candidate, Ali the Blessed, arrived on the scene with his wives and womenfolk, who numbered roughly six hundred. Ali had wasted little effort on election literature, but had been heard to remark that every vote given to his opponent meant another sack thrown into the Bosporus. The young Turkish candidate, who had conformed to the Western custom of one wife and hardly any mistresses, stood by helplessly while his adversary's polls swelled to a triumphant majority. Christabel Columbus, he exclaimed, invoking in some confusion the name of a distinguished pioneer. Who would have thought it? Strange, mused Ali, that one who harangued so clamorously about the secret ballot should have overlooked the veiled vote. And walking homeward with his constituents, he murmured in his beard an improvisation on the heretic poet of Persia, one rich in metaphors his cause contrives, to urge with edged words like cobbled knives, and I, who worsted him in this sorry game, was never rich in anything but wives.